Cinema Queen from Enable Me has had a couple of weeks now to digest what the government's changes to property investment rules and laws will actually mean. There's still obviously a bit of detail lacking from some of the policy, but we know some of the central bits and pieces. Kia ora, Hannah. Do you, do you kind of have a sense of how this is going to affect property investors? Yes, well, I have a sense of how it affects my clients because uh, we have set a particular criteria but yes, absolutely, all horses have been scared in the last week with these quite random tax changes to investment property. So you've got um, whether you own a property already, uh, whether you are in the middle of purchasing a property, whether you're going to be buying a property in the future, and then what's the status of the property. So there's kind of all these different types of rules that have come in. But basically, if you already own a property, it's that, uh, and assuming it wasn't new when you purchased it, so an existing Mm. property that had already been lived in, then you still come under the five-year Brightline test, and your interest deductibility will be phased out over the next four years starting in October. And so for most people, that translates to maybe a 40 or a $50 uh, cost each week in the form of tax that they would be needing to budget for. So it's not that big because it's phased in. So I think mm. that's one good thing. Uh, but then the well, question it's phased is, in and, and interest rates are very low at the moment. I mean, if interest rates were exactly. at 6% right now, it would be a different story, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you'd be hemorrhaging and it would be disastrous. So for that person who already owns the property, the question is, is it still a good property to own or is this a time to revisit uh, your portfolio that you're trying to build, which normally is only one or two properties, so it's a pretty generous term of the uh, use of the word portfolio. Uh, but Sarah, you should always be assessing, does this serve you the way that it was intended when you purchased it? So that's mm. people who purchased and owned an existing property. Then we've got those who are looking to buy a property from now. Unless that property is new, then you're kind of in the cactus, to be honest, because you've got a 10-year bright line. The interest deductibility is immediate, so from the 1st of October. There's no phasing out. And that will be a huge um, disincentive to buy any existing stock, housing stock. Uh, If you're buying a new property, though, so that's a property either that hasn't yet been built If we're using the Reserve Bank rules, that it may have been completed, but just not yet lived in, so that kind of captures that new description, uh, then it's business as usual. There's actually been no change to that person, which is confusing, right? But for those who are impacted, you've got lots of things that you can be doing to try and neutralise what is likely to be a $50 a week uh, increase in your expenses in the form of tax that you're going to have to pay at the end of next year. And I think people will surprise themselves how they could neutralise that. For example, um, if you have losses already on your property, you haven't been able to use those. You possibly don't even know that you've got losses, but your accountant Mm. will. Uh, You could now use those losses to offset any tax that you might have to pay. So that's one thing which could potentially neutralise any impact to someone. Another one is that if you haven't had a chattel valuation on your property, so 10 years ago you you were unable to claim depreciation on the building itself, but you can still claim depreciation on appliances, on fittings, furniture, some of those things. That, in most instances, would create a $30 to $40 a week uh, tax deduction for you, which could offset (laughs) the tax that you might need to pay. So that can be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. 
of course, you can have rent increases. And even if you put it up by $20 a week or $30 a week, that's still in line with market increases. I think what's going to what we're going to see though is that a lot of landlords have always been quite relaxed with when we put the rent up and how much we um, we like to have good relationships with our tenants. I think you're going to actually see people be quite rigorous with their annual rent review, and you're not going to let things slide anymore because you can no longer afford to. So there are lots of landlords who, in COVID, actually accepted a drop in rent uh, because that was going to help their tenants. Some of these things, these uh, generous uh, options are just off the table now because the landlord can't afford to do it anymore. And then you've got your own spending. You could spend a little bit less, you know, two coffees less a week would go towards that $50 that we need to find somewhere. So I think that's yeah. helpful. But I think that um, I, the thing to clock is that this is a phased in impact to the landlord. It's enough for you to to assess, well, do I want to own this property anymore? Do I want to change the type of property that I've got? But I would be discouraging anyone, and this is the problem with how it impacts the supply, I'd be discouraging anyone from purchasing an existing property from now on because the ramifications are too high unless you are cashed up and don't require a mortgage. All right. Good advice. Thank you so much, Hannah. That is Hannah McQueen from Enable Me Financial Strategy and Coaching. You can find them, of course, at www.enable.me.